G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Well, here we go. This is Sunday Morning Together 2024 style. Phil Edwards here checking in for uh, the first Sunday Morning Together with myself at least anyway for uh, 2024. It's lovely to be back and I hope you can stick with us today because got a real treat coming up for you and it's um, it's a bit of a twist. I've got to say it's like as if the hunter has become the hunted. It is one of our own, who you'd normally have sitting in the chair I'm in. But there's a whole other story to be told, and there's good things that he can bring to the table as well. I'm talking about Matthew Prater. That's what your mother calls you, right? <laughs> when I'm in trouble, that's what uh, my what, wife and my mother call me. Yeah. The full name? <laughs> Matthew James Prater. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Matt Prater, I yeah. should say. Um, hey, look, thank you so much. Um, we often hear from you. You've just finished the summer series. Uh, in breakfast, uh, you pastor a church, uh, you're a father, you've got your finger in all sorts of ministry pies, and I think this is the first time we've had you as uh, as a guest on Sunday morning together. So you get to lead us in communion this morning, to inspire us with uh, with a good message, and, and we'll hear the Matt Prater story along the way. Yeah, well, it's a pity you couldn't find anyone else, but I'm happy to do it, mate. <laughs> Thanks for having me in. Well, yeah, actually, you know, <laughs> the proper guest pulled out. And... <laughs> No, no, it's it's really good. So, I mean, you're you're clearly ministry motivated. We were just chatting as we were getting ready to do this uh, about what you've been doing over the last couple of weeks, filling in on summer breakfast. And I've got to say, I've been uh, really encouraged myself and hearing very clearly, yeah, you're passionate, you're full of energy, but you're full of love for God, love for people, and you've just got this great ministry heart. It, it comes out. Yeah, well, mate, I had the best time doing summer breakfast, uh, just getting calls from a lot of regulars that I've chatted to because I used to do the breakfast show years ago. I used to do drive for a while. You know, mm. I've been on different time slots. But catching up with a, with a whole bunch of Vision family members that I haven't chatted to for ages, so that was cool. But I met a whole bunch of new listeners as well because of our new Sydney and Melbourne stations and Hobart stations. So I've just loved hearing uh, all these new people that have stumbled across Vision Radio, accidentally found us, mm. got incidentally. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I loved it. And there were some really good times on the radio where I was able to pray with people and uh, care for people that are doing it tough as well. And that's one of the reasons why I think Vision is such an important ministry for Australia uh, because there's a lot of people doing it tough out there and they can hear the right song at the right time, the right interview, the right Bible verse that can reach people. Uh, in their cars, in their homes, wherever they are. And that, that's why I love this ministry, mate. Mm. Well, we're not here really to talk about you know, <laughs> in, in-house things, but we do want to find out a little bit more about you. So your story coming up in about an hour, and you get to lead us in communion coming up very soon. But uh, what is it that motivates you, Matt? How, where do you get your energy from? Because you just strike me as someone who's just got these boundless, I don't know, wells of, of energy that spring up and you are always got ideas to do this and that, and hey, let's, let's go. Are there downtimes? Yeah, well... Mate, I've just uh, had uh, a couple of weeks holiday as well. I had, had a week in Coffs Harbour after Christmas, and then I had a week at the Sunshine Coast, second week of January, and had a nice bit of downtime with my family and chilling out. But, you know, when you're a pastor and when you're on the radio and you're doing evangelism, sometimes when you go on holidays, you do get a bit flat. 
mm. and you do get a bit oh like what do I do? Um, watch a movie, uh, read a book, uh, go to the beach, you know? Um, because because you, you're always doing things yeah, uh, yeah, the rest of the time. Right? Yeah, so I do find it hard to wind down, and you do get a bit flat sometimes, you know. But thankfully, I've got an amazing wife. Uh, I've got amazing kids, and you know, I guess the the secret to my energy is is what you're asking too is the secret place. So. 17 years ago when I became a pastor, um, I started doing daily devotions, mm-hmm. reading through the scriptures every year, doing a Bible reading plan. And every morning, like I'm a really early bird, like 4.35 a.m. I'm, I'm up and uh, I spend time in the Word of God. I spend time in prayer and I wait on God. And really, that's where everything springs out of. Without that start to the day, I'm dry, I'm flat, I'm struggling. Uh, and uh, it's just been something that's been a discipline I've built into my life. And for me, that's so. The secret for me is the secret place. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, talk about you know reading books and reading and watching movies, all that sort of stuff is good. Mm. But a quote I heard this week from Charles Spurgeon, I I listened to actually to a bit of one of his sermons. Wow. Like just such good stuff. But a quote that I subsequently read from him was, "Visit many books, but live in the Bible." Yeah, good. What a great piece of advice that is, hey? Mm, absolutely. And, you know, I just find that, you know, the, the Word of God, Hebrews 4.12, is living and active, mm. sharper than any two-edged sword. And, you know, it's a living Word. And, you know, when, when you read the Word, it should be like you're digging for gold. It's like you're asking God, speak to me. How does this apply to my life? How can I be different? So, yeah, that's been the secret for me. And uh, just like Charles Spurgeon said, it's great to do all these other things, but the Word of God is, uh, is a gift to us. And so that's why it's the focus in all that I do, sharing the word. Yeah, Phil's my name. This is Sunday Morning Together. My guest and co-host today is Pastor Matt Prater, a man you'll know well, I'm sure, if you're a regular listener. And we know lots about Matt. Let's see. What do I know? Matt's a pastor. Uh, he's from Coffs Harbour originally, great part of the country. Uh, he's uh, a husband, a father. He runs a soup kitchen on a Friday. What don't we know about Matt? Well, I used to be a clown. Used to be. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? You used to be a clown. Yeah. You're like like the yeah. funny face, the, yeah. the, the wig, the whole deal. Yeah. So I uh, was working in the Palm Centre Shopping Centre in Coffs Harbour okay. as a clown getting $15 an hour when I was 15 years old. That's big money. Yep. And uh, I was face painting. I would do juggling and magic tricks. And uh, it was one of my first jobs. I, I used to deliver papers. I used to do... Uh, worked for Eagle Boys Pizza, and I'd be getting like $5 an hour, you know. And then this job came up as a clown, and mum said, you should, you'd be great at that. <laughs> and and what, so, What did you think about that? Thanks, <laughs> thanks, mum. So I, I st- it was actually great training for ministry. <laughs> so I, I learned, you know, confidence and working with children, working with parents, and then I created a business out of it. I actually would do kids' parties, and my claim to fame is I was the opening act for the Wiggles. Really? At the Coffs Harbour RSL Club. That's right, okay. back in the day, yeah. What was your clown name? Uh, Wolfgang the Clown. <laughs> Wolfgang? Yeah, it was just a silly name. <laughs> I picked. And I've met a few Wolfgangs since, and I just have a little chuckle <laughs> to myself whenever I meet a Wolfgang. Morning, Wolfgangs, this morning, if your name is Wolfgang. Yeah, but the sad news is is that, uh, you know, I was uh, making good money. I, was, uh, I had my own clown business, but when I started dating Carol... Uh, she had a clownophobia, and she made me get rid of my clown suit. Serious? Yep. 
And uh, so I am no longer a clown, Phil, as some would disagree with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) There you go. There you go. We learned something new this morning. So I don't know if we can actually transition into into communion after that, if you've just confessed to being a clown. But you're a pastor as well. Mm. Some would say opposite ends of the spectrum right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny, the funny thing is, is that when I was doing Bible college, that's actually how I paid my way through Bible college. I was working as a clown on the side <laughs> and, and studying the Bible, doing you know correspondence Bible college. Um, but like I said, it actually was good training because, you know, even though we laugh about clowns, you know, you've got to know how to relate to people well. Yep. You've got to know how to relate to children. You've got to know how to have good communication skills. And I was also spruiking at the time outside shops, outside Lowe's and places like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I learned a lot about that. But for me, when, I, when it came to uh, the transition to being a pastor, I was a, I was a youth pastor for 10 years. And really, I'm still a youth pastor now, just disguised as a senior pastor, because I love youth ministry. I love uh, reaching out to the next generation. It's such an important thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just found that when I was called to pastoral ministry, uh, I just knew that the gospel was the most important message the world could ever hear, mm. and I just needed to reach as many people as I could with the gospel. And so that's basically been the focus of my life since I was a young fella, uh, you know, in my teens when I first came to Christ. I, wherever I I go, is it if it's a youth group, if it's on the radio, if it's at my church, at my soup kitchen, I just want to share the gospel because Jesus is coming back soon. And I want to be found working in the harvest fields when he returns. Mm. Mm. Well, that is a good transition to mm. communion mm. because uh, the return of Jesus is something that should be central to our thoughts when we take communion. How else can we best prepare ourselves before we take communion? Mm. Well, this is um, something like every week at, at New Hope, we have a different person lead communion. Okay. And uh, I give them three minutes. <laughs> I say, what I want you to do is I want you to share one Bible verse and one testimony about that Bible verse and then lead the communion and try and try and do it in a few minutes because, you know, some people can, you know, preach a whole sermon on communion and, and God bless them, but it really should be a short, simple, sweet thing based on the gospel. And, and I always say to people, you know, one of the best way to look at it is communion is looking back and saying, thank God that my sins are forgiven, looking at the present and looking around at the body of Christ because we're communing with God and with one another. Mm-hmm. And then looking forward to the return of Jesus. And, of course, the focus is on the cross of Christ, his death and his resurrection. But really, that, that's what that's what communion is all about. Looking back at our sins, thanking God we're forgiven, looking at where God has brought us now through his uh, death and resurrection and looking forward to his return. And that's what it says in the scriptures, you know, we will uh, remember him until he returns. That's That's really one of the things we're preparing for the Lord's return when we're having communion. And it's a great thing that that we do it together. We have the opportunity to do that very soon. So now's a good time to prepare your heart. Prepare some elements if you can. If you're driving or something right now, just uh, you can take part in this too. Prepare your heart toward communion. That's coming up very soon. Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Okay, well, if you want to uh, prepare your hearts for communion today, it's an important time for us uh, to acknowledge the death and resurrection of Jesus And uh, I believe this is uh, something that we should all be doing regularly. And I love the fact that we do it on the radio here every week here on Vision. I've got a Bible verse to share with you from Romans chapter 12. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And I love the words that Paul uses there. He says, you know, we need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And of course, when we look at the cross of Christ, uh, the word sacrifice comes to mind. When Jesus died on that cross, he sacrificed his life so that we could be saved. We all know the most famous Bible verse in the world, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. And I think in this verse here, Romans 12, it's talking about we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And really that's what it means when we come to Christ. You know, the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And when we come to communion, we're acknowledging that we have died to ourselves. We've turned from our old life and we've started a new life. We've been born again uh, to be a follower of Jesus. We've sacrificed our lives. As, as the Romans 12 says, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. So as we prepare for communion today, firstly, I want to challenge you to look back. Think about your life before Christ. Think about um, the, the sinful, carnal, worldly ways we used to live. And just thank God that through the sacrifice of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. You know, the Bible says our, our sins are cast into the sea of forgetfulness. And there's a sign up there that says no fishing. You can't drag them up. They're washed away. They're under the blood. That's the good news. And then think about right now. Look at yourself right now. Thank God that you are forgiven, that you are born again. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus, and you're a part of the body of Christ. The Bible says if any man, um, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and is risen from the dead, then we will be saved. We thank God for our salvation. And then let's look forward to the return of Jesus. Let's look forward and know that he's coming back soon and we need to be found working in the harvest fields when he returns. Let's look back and thank God for our uh, salvation. Let's look in the present and thank God for that we're a new creation and let's look forward to the return of Jesus. Now just picture Jesus with his disciples the night before he was crucified. Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Now, I want you to take uh, the, the bread or the bicky in your hand right now and just picture Jesus handing that out to the disciples. This represents the body of Christ that was broken for us when he died on that cross. He had nails through his hands and through his feet, uh, a sword through his side and a crown of thorns on his head. This is what Jesus went through to pay the price, to, to be the sacrifice for our sins. And Jesus said, take and eat of this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body that was broken for us. And then Jesus took the cup and he said, This is my blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body that was broken and your blood that was shed for us. We will remember you, Lord, until you return. I ask for your blessing on every person who's just been sharing in communion with us right now. And may we be a living sacrifice to you every day. May we remember you. May we commune with you regularly, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Sunday morning together. 
across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. We're up to this uh, point of the morning where we get to settle back and learn a little bit about my co-host, Matt Prater, Pastor Matt Prater, who you'll hear on the radio here at Vision quite frequently. But these days, uh, or I should say today, uh, we're uh, you know, he's, the, the tables have turned. That's right. Yeah, you're interviewing me today. I love it. I know. So <laughs> let's start at the beginning, Matt. Where were you born? Tamworth. Yeah. Yeah, 1975, back in the day. I would so, just imagine, you know, you, you were born, there was someone there with a guitar and a hat and then singing country music. Is that how it worked? Yeah, well, uh, Dad was working at the university there at Tamworth. Right. And uh, I was uh, there for two years. And uh, my mum and dad then moved to Coffs Harbour. Righto. And I eventually found them and moved in with them. And uh, <laughs> grew, grew up in Coffs Harbour. Always the joke. <laughs> and... Um, I uh, spent most of my uh, younger years in Coffs Harbour. So uh, I, mum and dad went to a, uh, an Anglican church right. when I was a young fella. So I went to Sunday school, learnt lots of Bible verses, yep. uh, learnt the basics of Christianity at uh, the Coffs Anglican, praise God. And then uh, I used to love surfing, used to love tennis, cricket, all that kind of stuff, you know, mm. just typical Aussie Pretty kid. active, yeah. Mm. Brothers and sisters? Older brother and younger sister. And... Uh, Later on, my parents divorced and my dad remarried uh, a Kiwi lady. And I have a half-brother who is uh, part Maori, Okay, Jack Tiwiata. So, yeah, I've got a, a brother and a sister and a half-brother. Okay. Mm. So what was life like for you? So obviously you grew up in a, a Christian home, Christian mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you love being outdoors. Would you say it was a you know, good upbringing? Yeah, I loved uh, growing up in Coffs. You know, it was it was back in the day where you could ride your BMX around with your mates and mm. drink water out of the tap, and you know you'd you'd uh, stay out until it's dark, and you know, so it was a, a different era back then. Uh, but I loved it, and I loved the uh, the beach culture in uh, in Coffs. Uh, Did you have long hair then, mate? I had a mullet. A mullet. Yep, and I had a blonde fringe back when I had hair back in the day, and uh, I, I was a bit of an awkward kid. I, I was very skinny. And uh, I had lots of acne. I had braces. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was a real dork in my early teenage years. And I was actually quite nervous and shy as a kid. Okay. Mum sent me to speech and drama lessons and thought it would help me get a bit of confidence. Did it? And Well, I was hopeless at it at first, right? I wouldn't get any awards or trophies at the Estedfords. I was, you know, nervous and shy. And my voice hadn't broken when I talked like this, you know. Um, but then I actually... Got saved at a youth camp, and pretty much everything changed. It's like when I came to Christ at this youth camp, I all of a sudden had self-confidence. I had boldness. I had uh, uh, just a, a bit of belief in, in God and myself from that, that point on. And funnily enough, when I went back to the Estedfords after that youth camp, I I got like first place in most of my categories mm. when I was doing speech and drama. So. God really did transform me uh, from a shy, nervous kid to someone with a bit of boldness. So let's go back to that youth camp. Mm. Where was it and what happened when you say you got saved? Yeah. What, what happened? Well, there was a guy named Don Hargraves, who uh, you've had on the radio here before, Don Hargrove. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he was a Wesleyan Methodist preacher from Brisbane. And I remember going to this youth camp where he just got up and just preached the black and white gospel. You know, you're a sinner. You need a savior. Jesus died on the cross for you. You can be saved. And, you know, I'd been raised in a Christian home. I knew the Bible. I knew about God. But I think from ages like 13 to 15, I'd had a bit of attitude. I was a bit too cool for Sunday school. And I was kind of, you know, partying a little bit, going down the wrong path, hanging around with the wrong crowd. 
And I actually went to this youth youth camp because there was a nice girl going to the camp. Oh, was just, you know. Always a good motivator. <laughs> but I remember just hearing the clear gospel message, John three sixteen. He just preached the simple gospel message, and my hand went up mm. at the end of the altar call, and I gave my heart to Christ. And then he at the same altar call, he said, "If you want to commit yourself to full time ministry, I want you to come out the front." And so I went out the front for that. And I signed a little card. I've still got it at home today. I'm committing myself to full-time ministry. Wow. Little did I know the price I would pay for that. (laughs) But it was the best decision I ever made. And I just figured if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you should be all in. You should go the whole hog, you know, be be in full-time ministry. So pretty much from that time forward, everything changed in my life. How old were you then? Fifteen. Fifteen. Tender age. And I got baptised on New Year's Day at Coffs Baptist Church. So by the by, then, Mum had joined the Baptist Church. Dad stopped going to church, which was a bit difficult. Um, he, he was kind of, uh, you know, focused on work and uh, not really into the Baptist thing. Uh, so, yeah, Mum would take us kids. And I remember getting baptised on New Year's Day uh, when I was uh, uh, almost 16, yeah. Mm. Earlier on, Matt, you mentioned that uh, you had a clowning career <laughs> as well. How old were you at that point? So it was actually when I was 15. Okay. Uh, I uh, had seen an ad in the paper for uh, Clowns Wanted. <laughs> and mum said, you'd be great at that, mate. You should go for it. <laughs> so I got the job uh, doing face painting and juggling at uh, the local shopping centre. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And it worked out really well. It, yeah. You should one day, you know, get the suit out and <laughs> do it again. Well, my, my wife is not a fan of clowns. And has asked me to uh, Never again. repent from that, uh, <laughs> that wicked lifestyle that... <laughs> Yeah. She's not a fan of. <laughs> so at 15, mm-hmm. you went to a youth camp, you came to the Lord, you had a transformative experience in your life. Uh, you, know, you mentioned that all of a sudden things that you found difficult before in terms of confidence, you know, speaking in front of people and, and those kinds of things, you had boldness and, and confidence. Was that, were you kind of cognitively aware of that at the time or was that a reflection later on you kind of realized that that happened? It took me a while until I realized um, that uh, this is what God was calling me to do, to be an evangelist, to preach, you know. Mm. Um, I just remember after that youth camp, going back to school, and uh, one of my mates said to me, um, I didn't want to uh, go and smoke cigarettes behind the bike shed anymore. I didn't want to talk back to the teachers anymore. I didn't swear anymore. Like he, he, I caught up with him recently, and he said, I remember you were different after that camp. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Someone noticed, you know. Mm. Um, and I would. All I wanted to do was preach. All I wanted to do was invite people to youth group, uh, tell people about Jesus. Uh, I started uh, running. Uh, whilst I joined the ISCF, Interschool Christian Fellowship, yep. and uh, my mate uh, was running it. And uh, I kind of was shadowed by him for about a year. And then when he left the school, I then took it on. So I became the leader at my school Christian group, and I became the youth leader at my local church as well. Uh, so it was a real quick transition from coming to Christ to being a youth leader. And, you know, when you're a leader, you've got to stay two two steps ahead of the people you're leading. Mm. So I had to study the Word. I had to prepare for sermons. I had to get ready to to share the gospel with people. And I have just always done that. It's just been something that uh, I felt that's part of my, my calling to prepare the Word and, and share the Word. Mm. So you were only you know, 15, 16, 17 at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes me think, you know, I've heard many times people say that God doesn't necessarily always a call the equipped, but he does equip the called. Is was that you? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the lines I like to say is that uh, God doesn't care about your ability; He cares about your availability. Um, you just got to say, "Here am I, send me, Lord." You just got to open your mouth, 
and the Holy Spirit will give you the words to to speak at the time. And yeah, I definitely felt underqualified, too young, too shy, too this, too that. But God, you know, God was the one that uh, gave me the words to say and raised me up in that time. And all glory to Him. So now you're a senior pastor of a church. There's a lot of water been under the bridge. When you think back to some of the stuff that you were said and did back then, is there anything that kind of makes you shudder? <laughs> I still remember one of my first ever times I preached at school at the ICF group. I preached on Psalm one. I just figured that's a good place to start, you know. So yep. and you know it says, uh, you know, do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, and uh, it it says counsels C O U N S E L counsel of the wicked, which means don't. Take the advice of the wicked, basically, it means. Yeah, yeah. But I told my mates, don't hang around with non-Christians anymore, <laughs> which is not really what it means. Yeah. I mean, it kind of means don't let them drag you down, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I said, yeah, you need to stop hanging around your non-Christian friends because they're a bad influence, you know. And and it was like two or three weeks after that, I realized, oh, I don't think that's what that verse meant, you know. So yeah. I remember, but, you know. God gives us grace for those things, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, he does. <laughs> Once you told me that there was a, a really challenging thing that happened at your school, a shooting. Mm. How old were you then? Well, I was about fifteen, uh, and I remember there was a school sports carnival, mm. and a kid turned up at school uh, in grade eight, and he had a gun, and he shot one teacher in the chest, one girl in the leg, and one teacher in the hand. Wow! And, and thankfully, no one died that day. Uh, a couple of year 12 kids tackled him and took the gun off him. They got state bravery awards. It was amazing. The police came. School went into lockdown. You know, of course, he was locked up and spent many years inside for, you know, just her, the, the choices he made basically ruined uh, the rest of his life, you know. But I remember the school um, was in trauma, you know. Mm. Everyone, you know, they brought in counsellors. Uh, there was uh, kids that were suicidal and you know there was so much grief and trauma in the school and because the thing is when something like this happens it makes you think about life and death it does heaven and hell eternity like we could have could have got shot in the head that day that could you know that could have been your last day on earth you know and so it, it was a real wake up call uh, for our school and so what did we do as christians we prayed we prayed that what the enemy meant for evil god would turn around for good and i just found after that time the kids at my school were more open hearing about the gospel because a lot of Aussies are very shut off to the gospel and they, they don't think they need God. They're not interested. But this was like kind of a wake-up call for us in our school. Mm. I guess any event where we get confronted with life or death does that, mm. doesn't it? Mm. And, you know, you don't hear about it in Australia these days because of our gun laws. You know, you hear about it in the US a lot. Mm. Uh, but back then, it was it like it was on the national news. It was such a big thing. What, like, what year was it? Do you remember? I think it was 1990. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, it was one of those things that um, everyone, like I went to a school reunion recently and caught up with a whole bunch of my old schoolmates. Thankfully, a bunch of them are Christians, and it was good to catch up with a few of my Christian mates, you know. But a whole bunch of us got together and we, and we talked about, remember that day, remember that shooting, you know. And uh, it really was um, a massive uh, discussion point for all of us. Um, but once again, when it comes back to, when you face a crisis like that, it makes you think about your immortality, makes you think about eternity. And unfortunately, a lot of Aussies don't consider eternity. You know, I would say most Aussies think you get to go to heaven if you're good. Mm. You just don't kill anyone, don't do any, you know, bank robberies, don't do anything really bad, and you'll probably go to heaven. And But that's not the gospel. The gospel is we're all sinners and we all need a saviour. Mm. We've all fallen short of the glory of God and we need 
a saviour to forgive us of our sins. And, and Jesus is the one that paid the price for our sins. So I, I just believe that you know we need to consider eternity. We need to think about uh, not just the here and now, but the, the, the sweet by and by. What's What's, what's going to happen for eternity? We need to be more eternally minded. And clearly communicating that message has been a driver in your life, continues <laughs> to be. So where did it take you after, after school? You, you mentioned before you went to Bible college. Mm-hmm. This call to ministry, was that something you pursued straight away or not? Yeah, so I was running this Christian group at the school and the local C3 pastor came and preached at the school. Mm-hmm. We used to get like 100 kids in the school library. It was awesome. You know, we had a real revival there. And uh, this C3 pastor said, I'd like you to come and be my youth pastor. And so he paid for me to go to Bible college in Sydney. Right. So I spent a year in Sydney at Phil Pringle's church at C3 in uh, Brookvale, up near Manly there. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. it near, was, near the surf as well, so you yeah. would have been you know, at home. It was probably one of the best years of my life until I met my wife. Um, I just loved it because I was with 70 Bible college students on fire for God. I was 18, and I just loved it. I just came alive. And so after that year at Bible college, I went back. Uh, to become the youth pastor at Coff C3 Church, but he didn't have any money to pay me, <laughs> which I was expecting. So I then got a job at radio. Uh, so I got a job at CHYFM, the local youth radio station, right. selling air, yep. selling advertising. Yep. And uh, I spent about 18 months there uh, doing a Christian radio show on the side, selling radio advertising, and I was a youth pastor at the youth group. And then I got a job at the commercial radio station in Coffs with Richard Daniel, who's a mutual friend of ours. And I uh, sold radio advertising for a couple more years until the church was able to employ me as a youth pastor. Yeah. Right, eh? And mm. uh, somewhere along the way, got married to a young lady by the name of Carol. How did that come about? So long story short, I was youth pastor at Coffs C3 Church and Coffs Baptist Church. And then I applied for a job in Brisbane as uh, selling websites. And uh, I found out that the owner of the business uh, pastored a church called the Vineyard Church at Launton. Mm-hmm. I'd always loved the Vineyard worship music. That was a real big thing for me. And I remember starting to work at this job, and I met this girl named Carol. And uh, she was also selling websites at the job. And uh, there was about six of us that were all going around seeing businesses for websites. And long story short, uh, the company went through some difficult times, and four of the sales reps left. And there was Carol and I were the last two left. And the general manager, who was a Christian, he said, I think you two should go out like the Mormons, two by two, you know, <laughs> go out and, and sell websites, you know. So we would then spend all day together mm. visiting businesses and we would pray together in the car, we'd worship together. She laughed at my jokes. And uh, I she thought. She must be special. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, this girl is amazing because she really loves the Lord, you know. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I ended up um, asking her out. On a date, and uh, you know, we we had a uh, you know several months together. You know, got engaged, got married, and that was uh, twenty years ago this year. Wow, mm. twenty man, mm. the time time flies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And does she still laugh at your jokes, or does she roll her eyes these days? It's about one out of ten. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I tell so many to get to the tenth. You know, <laughs> well, it's like the sales game, isn't it? You just got to keep going. <laughs> got to keep on going. Yeah. But becoming a senior pastor of a church, that's a whole different thing. So, you know, you were a youth pastor. You've been in a, you know, had a tent-making career. Yes. Selling different things, Mm -hmm. radio advertising, websites. Who planted that idea in your mind that, Matt, you should be a senior pastor? Mm. And what was your reaction? So, Carol and I had gotten married and uh, agreed to take a year off any public ministry because we wanted to build a good foundation for our marriage. In that time, 
I was offered a job as a youth pastor at uh, a church called Nexus in Brisbane. Uh, mm-hmm. John Lewis was the pastor at the time, and I really wanted to do it, but I felt God say, no, you got there's something else. So I had to turn that one down. And then we started running an alpha course at a different radio station that I was working at, and all these people were getting saved, and I was sending, sending them to this church called New Hope because I knew New Hope was a good church in the city of Brisbane for unchurched people. And so I'm sending all these new believers there, and the pastor rings me and he says, you're sending all these people to my church. Can you come and help me? <laughs> so we prayed about it, and we felt God call us to leave our vineyard church at Launton mm-hmm. and go and join New Hope. So we joined the church, and then one month after I was at the church, the pastor rings me and goes, look, there's a conference at New Hope Church in Hawaii, and I've got a free ticket. Would you like to go? I said, let me pray about that. Yes, God said yes. <laughs> so I go to Hawaii. A short prayer. And this New Hope Church over there, it's like a massive Hillsong or Planet Shakers. It's a massive church, you know. And I'm out there at this conference, and the pastor of New Hope Brisbane, he says to me, look, God's calling me to move back to Hawaii to work for this big church. Do you want to take over New Hope Brisbane? Now, I was 30 at the time. Carol and I had just been married for a couple of years. I was really not feeling prepared or ready for it. But I said, look, let me pray about it. So the next day I rang my wife. She was back home in Brisbane. I said, guess what? Pastor Phil's asked me to take over New Hope Brisbane. What do you think? She goes, don't be silly. You've got conference fever. You're in Hawaii. <laughs> Come home and help me change nappies, you know, because Josh had just been born at the time, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then we threw out some fleeces over a few months uh, just asking the Lord's guidance, and every one of them was answered. So we threw out more fleeces, and every one of them were answered. And then within about four months, we felt God saying yes. And that was uh, 17 years ago now that we took over uh, New Hope Brisbane. Mm. Interesting, that process. And if I compare the process of you, your prayer about going to the conference compared to what actually was presented <laughs> to you at the conference, right. quite a bit of a de- time uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. difference there, Matt. That's right, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that whole process, you know, when you say throwing out fleeces, yeah. some people might know what you're talking about there. What does that mean? Yeah, so in the Bible, uh, Gideon was uh, asked to do something by God, cutting a long story short, and threw out a fleece, and if there was dew on it, then it would be a, a yes from God, and then he flipped it over. If there wasn't dew on it, dew on it, it would be a yes from God. You know, it's, it's kind of the, the gist of it. And a fleece is like just throwing out a, a feeler to see if mm. God can guide you in your decision, yeah. Mm. That, that whole process of decision-making, especially around big stuff like that, mm. can be really difficult. What mm. have you learned you know, through that and other things that you've had to make decisions on and kind of seek the mind of God about? Yeah. What have you learned? I've learned not to rush into things. Mm-hmm. because uh, in my younger years I was uh, quite impulsive and uh, I'd rush off and do this and do that and then realize I'd gone ahead of God and was doing it in my own strength. So I've learned to wait, and uh, the Bible says wisdom is found in the counsel of many. So I've learned to get advice from wise, godly people around me and make sure that I'm, uh, make sure it lines up with the Word of God, make sure that I've got good advice from others, and uh, make sure that you've got uh, an inner witness, like a peace about what God wants you to do. And don't rush into it. Wait for the right timing. You know, I always pray, Lord, lead me like a cloud by day and a fire by night, like the Israelites were led in the Old Testament with Moses. We need to be led by God in what we do. So um, that's part of the process I go through. Yeah. Mm, that's good advice. Been great to get to know a little bit more of the backstory of Matt Prater. Thanks for sharing. Very shortly, you get to share a little bit more with the best five-minute message that we'll hear this morning. Whew. No you, pressure. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. It's got to be five minutes too, by the way. Okay. All right. Mr. Preacher, <laughs> what are you going to hit us with? I'm going to share about loving God and loving others, the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
and love your neighbour as yourself. Uh, two very important things to follow in life. Sunday morning together on Vision Christian Radio. I've been preaching a series recently called Relate, and uh, it's all based on this verse, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And uh, the second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, I really felt God wanted us to get back to the basics. Uh, you know, the, the number one important thing in life is your relationship with God. You know, the cross is vertical first, horizontal second. And that vertical uh, beam on the cross uh, is symbolic of our relationship from us to God. Our relationship with God is the most important thing. Getting in the secret place, being in the Word of God, being prayerful, being a worshipper, hearing the voice of God. That vertical relationship is the most important thing, to love Him with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And the second commandment is the horizontal beam on the cross. Love your neighbor. Reach out to those around you. Care for one another. And uh, we really need to make sure we have that heart. You know, recently my wife and I were sitting at home watching Netflix and a helicopter flew over our head, and it was a police helicopter. They were announcing, There is a missing 10-year-old boy named Zane. He's been missing from Flockton Street since 2.30 p.m. today. If sighted, please contact police. And it's never happened in Everton Park in our little suburb in Brisbane. I was like, what's going on? So we got in our local Facebook group, and we saw that a 10-year-old boy with autism had walked out of a restaurant and gone missing. And it was getting dark. So we got in our car. My wife and I got in our car and we started driving around the streets of Everton Park looking for this 10-year-old kid, thinking, where could he be? What, you know, what could have happened to him? And thank God he was found later that night at Eagle Farm, a couple of suburbs away of all places. We don't know what happened. But you know what? That night it restored our faith in humanity. We saw people everywhere with flashlights, in their cars, walking, looking for this 10-year-old kid. And I thought that's what the church should be like, getting out there two by two, seeking and saving the lost. That's what Jesus told his disciples to do. Go out two by two and preach the gospel. Look for the person of peace. Find someone. Share the good news. And really, one of the problems with the church today is that we're too inward-focused. We're navel-gazing. We're looking at our own structure, our own programs, our own problems, our own this and that. We're gossiping. We're slandering. We're, we're looking inwardly. And that's the devil's plan, to make us so focused on our own business that we're not out there doing the Father's business. And I believe that's what the church should be like. We should be so busy out seeking and saving the lost. We haven't got time to bicker about our internal problems. We should be so focused on being outward-focused than being inward-focused. And I believe it all starts with, firstly, our relationship with God first, our vertical relationship with God, and secondly, our horizontal relationship, reaching out to others. In Romans 12 verse 9, it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves and never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I heard a preacher the other day share a story that his Bible college principal shared that he was, this Bible college principal was six foot two, really fit, really ripped, really muscly like me, you know, big, huge guns. And, and uh, he would work out in his gym every morning. And one morning, he stood in front of the mirror and he saw, a, he saw his reflection in the mirror, but it was different. He saw his head on a very weak, skinny, emaciated, 
starving, almost dead body. And he felt the Holy Spirit say to him, that's what you're like spiritually. He said, physically, you're all muscular. You're working on your outer body, but you're not working on yourself spiritually. And he felt so convicted. And, you know, some of us can be like that spiritually. We can be all looking good on the outside, but on the inside, we're dead to God. And I want to challenge you today. Maybe you're in a place where you need to renew your relationship with God. You need to come back to him. You need to come alive spiritually. In just a moment, we're going to pray a prayer where we can recommit ourselves to God. Whether you're far away from God or you're on your way to to being closer to God, wherever you are, we're going to pray a prayer where you can come alive spiritually. Relationship with God is the most important thing in your life. So wherever you are, join with me. And if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person listening right now, Lord, that we can come back to you as our first love. Lord, that we can come alive spiritually. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us have that relationship with you where we love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And Lord, transform us from the inside out so that we can go out and love others, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to seek and save that which is lost, to go out and shine a light in this dark world. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and empower us to be all that you've called us to be. We come back to you with all of our heart in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Yeah, we're about to wrap things up this morning with our time together on this Sunday morning. It's been great. And uh, the end of a long weekend as well, the Australia Day long weekend. We are allowed to say Australia Day uh, <laughs> as much as some might, uh, might not want to. But um, it's an interesting time that we're, we're living in at the moment where there is a lot of tension around things like that in our nation. So I think to stop and pray for our nation is a good thing. So, Matt, would you like to lead us in in that today? Absolutely, I'd love to. And uh, Phil, before we pray, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for your encouragement and support over the year as the CEO here at Vision. You've always been uh, such a great mate and an encourager. And I just think of all the trips you and I've been on. We've been to Alice Springs, we've been to Kalgoorlie, we've been to you know Dubbo, Broken Hill, all sorts of places around mm-hmm. Australia doing ministry over the years. And I know uh, you've got a heart for this nation, and you're a country boy yourself, you know, from uh, rural New South Wales. Yep. Uh, it's important that we. Uh, don't just broadcast across the nation, but we visit people around the nation too. It's a it's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, love mm-hmm. it. And actually, I have. We won't go into too much yeah. detail, but uh, I remember quite fondly <laughs> staying in a caravan with you in Gleninus <laughs> in the middle of winter. So if you've ever been there, you'll know what happened. It was that's like right. I don't know, minus seven or something. It was oh, crazy. So yeah. the things you do. That's right. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's pray. Let's hey? pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Australia, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for this nation and for every person listening right now. We pray that you'll pour out your blessing on this nation. We pray there'll be a shift in this nation back to you. Lord God, that we can come back to you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. Mm. We pray you'll raise up godly leaders in this nation who will have the fear of God, who will honor you with their thoughts, words, and actions. We pray you'll send out workers in the harvest field, into the highways and the byways across this nation, that there will be a great harvest of souls. And we pray for unity in the church. Your word says where there is unity, the Lord commands a blessing. We pray that we'll be able to serve one another, honor one another, bless one another in the body of Christ, and we'll unite together to share the love of Jesus across this nation. Thank you for Vision, Lord, for the new stations that have been switched on in Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane and Hobart and all the smaller towns we're in as well. We pray you'll continue to stretch out the tent pegs of Vision so we can reach more people across this nation. 
And we just pray, God, that there will be a great revival in this nation. Pour out your spirit. And Lord, for every person listening right now, give them uh, a special touch of your love, of your peace, of your healing. We pray for miracles all across this nation right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Mm, amen. 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 Thank you, Matt. Always good to pray. And just what you mentioned there about all the places where Vision's broadcasting, uh, a little plug this week, there's a special uh, anniversary that's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, This Thursday, I think it is, the 1st of February, Mm -hmm. will be 25 years since the very first Vision radio station went to air Mm -hmm. in the small town of Bow Desert in Queensland. Uh, 25 years ago on the 1st of February. So that's a that's a pretty special thing. And in fact, the team are going to be there broadcasting live. Um, DJ and Fell with Rise and Shine this coming Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, live from a cafe. <laughs> We've got to have good coffee Yeah, uh, in, in Bow Desert. And of course, there's a, there's a much longer history to Vision prior to that. We actually started in 1988. And there was 10 years and two months that a whole lot of other things happened. And then this network was born on the 1st of February Wow! in 1999, mm. long time ago. So cool. Bow so, Desert Cafe they're going to be at. Bow Desert Cafe. There you go. <laughs> good plug. Good plug. So if, anyway, if you're around uh, that area, make sure you come and, and join in. And I believe we're going to have uh, the lady who actually hosted the very first Vision Station wow. on her property. That's cool. Still is the host. Wow. Of that station in Bow Desert, twenty five years later, and they're hoping that she's going to be able to come and be part of it too, and very cool. share some stories. So make sure you tune in this week uh, with Rise and Shine, DJ and Fell, uh, all this week. But thank you, Matt, and thank you for fitting, filling in on uh, breakfast for the team while they've been having a break. You're a real blessing, mate. You're a history maker. Oh, thanks, mate. I was about to say that. No, you're a history maker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll catch you again next week uh, for another Sunday morning together. My guest next week, Dr. Graham McLennan. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.